Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, welcome back to another episode. And today we're talking all about MyFitnessPal. This is the number one app that I recommend and I have been using for years for keeping up and tracking my macros, tracking my food. It's something that my clients have to use um, in order for me to even do their custom macros. I have them track their everything they eat and drink for one week. So it's something that I have a lot of use of and that I have had a long time of being around. So over the years, I have figured out some of the top things and tips that, you know, newbies or beginner people using MyFitnessPal don't might necessarily understand or see at first, and that can actually be hindering the accuracy of their journal. And not only that, but making them get frustrated and actually just want to give up on on using the app altogether. So those are the top things that I'm going to share with you today, as well as the whole mystery of should I have the paid version? Should I have the free version? I think it's a little nuanced. It's not that big of a deal, but I do have people asking me this, and it is a dilemma for some. So we're going to talk about that first, or actually we're going to talk about that at the end on if you should or really need the paid version or not. And what are the benefits of if you do decide to have the paid version? So MyFitnessPal, as I just talked about, there's a free and then there's a paid version. um, And it is something that if you just search in your app store for, you will find it. It's been around for a long time. It has a huge database. I believe Under Armour actually bought out the company a few years back. So I really feel like it's an app that's here to stay. And it's something I have personally have invested a lot of time in because I have put my macro-friendly, family-friendly recipes into their database. And so it makes it really easy when I work with people, with clients. Um, If you have purchased my Macro County Kickstarter course, like just a little, you know, um, eavesdrop or just shout out there to that. That's always in the show notes. You get access to some of my recipes. But I put my recipes in the database because it makes it so much easier than having to input the recipe in there yourself. Um, This is something that... I probably need to do a show note or a show on or talk about in the Facebook group because I keep having women ask me, okay, I'm I the place where I get caught up is knowing how to put my recipes into my fitness pal. And I'm frustrated. I don't know how to track my family dinners. Um, but that is a big reason why I try to provide recipes is because it makes that so much easier. But I do rec that's always something I recommend too. 
is learning how to put your own recipes in my fitness pal because it makes it so much easier to just search plug it in there you go than having to add all those ingredients all at once all the time every time you eat it <laughs> you know and and if you're like me and like most people um, you're not eating a different dinner 365 days out of the year you're probably rotating between the same meals probably every two to three weeks that's what I've seen on average for women so if if you are in this for the long haul and wanting to do macro counting and um, then yeah, you really would want to put those in there, which is actually one of the tips that I do have. So I'll just hop into that one real quick since we're already talking about it is creating recipes in my fitness pal that so that way at, over time, it makes it so much easier to keep a diary because that's one thing I hear people say it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of time. Really, it doesn't take that much time, but it's just some time. It's time that we didn't have before allocated to that. So it's like trying to, you know, add something else into your busy life and make it a, essentially a habit. Um, so anything we can do to make that easier, like adding in our own recipes, then that's going to be really helpful for you in the long haul. Um, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to walk you through how to do that. I do that in my macro counting kickstart course. I also do that in uh, when. Whenever I work with women one-on-one, -on -one, we I, I show them all these kinds of things, but knowing that it's really beneficial to be able to do that. The next is double-checking nutritional information. So this is really important, guys, because like I said, I can add my I can add my own recipes in the database to my fitness pal and share it with all of you guys, which makes it really awesome and helpful. But there's a downside to that. If everybody has access to adding to the database, there's just larger room for error. And I see that all the time in um, different type of food items. So sometimes it it takes me a while. Like when I do my recipes, I'm really mindful of that is making sure that those ingredients are accurate. And because I have been tracking food and reading food labels for almost a decade now, actually, um, I am very familiar with what looks right, like for a serving size or what should be in it. Like sometimes I'll look at ingredients and be like, oh, that does not make sense. Like it should be way more carbs or less carbs or fats or or whatever the case may be on the, on the macros. And so it's really important if you are even scanning a code on your food. I've, I've had this happen to me before too. I scan the code and then I'm looking at the nutritional information. I'm like, whoa, that doesn't make sense. So I'll flip over and look at the nutritional information on the actual box that I just scanned and it doesn't even match up. So like I said, once again, there is room for error. I don't mean to say that um, MyFitnessPal is something like a bad app to use there. It's, it's really not. I think there's um, really way more benefits than, um, you know, cons to using my fitness pal. But unfortunately, that's one of the things just to be aware of as you're inputting food. It's you want to keep an accurate food journal as possible, right? Like, cause you want to be tracking your macros. You want to make sure you're hitting those macros fairly closely um, as much as possible. Of course, you don't want to drive yourself crazy, but let's try to limit those um, little things that could, um, you know, take us away from getting where we want to be, right? So making sure you're double checking your nutritional information. One thing that's very helpful for this is I don't know if you have noticed, but certain food items have like this little green check mark. It's like this little, actually, it's more like a little shield, a green shield with a white check mark in it. And that means that it that is a certified item, food item. So the more that you can use items that have that little check mark, the better. Those are things that are 
that are accurate. So I would definitely try to look for that as you're going and scrolling through what you're looking for. Um, the next tip that I have is don't use net carbs, the net carb feature for tracking macros. If you are tracking macros, guys, do not, you're not counting net carbs. You are counting total carbs. So if you're like, what the heck, like if you, if you don't even really understand what net carbs are, basically net carbs are taking the total carbs in a food item or food serving and subtracting the fiber from it. And then you get the net carbs. So when you are tracking macros, you are tracking total carbs. So if you didn't realize, if you've never read food labels, uh, a carb includes the fiber and sugar intake of a food. And so, yeah, you're tracking all that. That's that's a that's a total total carbs, right? So just because something ha- isn't high in fiber doesn't mean we get to take away the calories from that food item. Okay, that's more something that's done with like low carb type diets and macro counting um, in the sense of how I coach it is is geared towards um, assisting muscle gains and fat loss for body composition and toning. So um, yeah, we don't do net carbs. So making sure that you don't have that option in in the settings. Um, I've had that happen with women. I've done nutrition consults and then they're like confused about the carbs because they used to do keto or a low carb diet. And then they were tracking net carbs and they're like, wait, wait, I'm not like it confuses them. So just take that option off. You don't need it. Uh, tip number three is do not focus on the percentages, focus on the grams. So let me really explain this one to you. So when you go and you set up your macro goals and my fit goals and my fitness pal, um, it will show you the percentages of those macronutrients. So for example, say you have you're gonna have twelve uh, you're eating, 1600 calories, right? That's your macro goal. And 35 of that is, it it turns out when you do all the ratios, 35% of those calories are coming from protein, 35% of those calories are coming from carbs, and 30% of that is coming from fats, right? So it'll show you the ratios, but next to the ratios, you'll see the grams of how many grams that actually is. And that's what you want to focus on hitting in a day. And what I have seen women get hung up on is in my fitness pal, at the end of each day, so if you go to your diary and for today and you scroll all the way down, there's a blood button that says nutrition. So that will show your your nutritional breakdown for that day. Um, and so if you scroll over to macros, it will tell you your total percentage of carbs, fats, and proteins, and then your goal. And a lot of women will focus on trying to hit the percentage as a goal. And they get freaked out because they're like messaging me and it's like halfway through the day. And they're like, oh my gosh, I am like so over my carbs and so under my protein. I've, I've had like 50, 50% carbs. I'm at 50% carbs and like 10% protein. And I'm like, I, I go and I look at their diary and I'm like, well, yeah, but you still have like, 1500 more calories for the day. That's just the ratio of what you have inputted so far for that day. And I have to explain that to them. So it besides that, beside if you're looking at that in your MyFitnessPal, you will see that it'll it says carbohydrates, and then it will have the grams, fats, the grams, protein, the grams. That is what you need to pay attention to. You need to get really familiar when you go to when in your goal setting. It will show you how many total carbs you're trying to hit for the day, how many total fats, how many total protein. You should know that when you have your custom macros. That's the number you're trying to hit in a day, not necessarily the ratio. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So don't let that get you hung up and freak you out because as the day, those ratios are going to fluctuate naturally because the amount of calories, right? So um, so don't focus on that. Um, the next tip that I have is when you are searching for food items, really be mindful if you are searching for something that is cooked or something that is raw. So what do I mean by that? I mean that most of the time when you are searching for um, say you're having chicken or any type of raw or any type of meat, essentially everything in my fitness pal is going to be based off of raw measurements unless it says cooked. So if you are somebody that is not trying to step on a stage to be, be in a bikini contest, you do not have to be so precise about everything and weigh everything down to the gram. And, and it really, really matters if you weighed, if it was raw, if it was cooked. You want to do a course the best you can, right, to be accurate. But say, um, because for example, if you were that type of person and you're having to get on stage, you need to you need to uh, scale everything, measure everything out raw. Everything needs to be measured out raw because the weight changes during the cooking process. But if you're not trying to be that dialed in, it's okay. Most of the time what I do is I will measure things already cooked. And so um, even if it's going to be maybe a little off. So what I will do if I have a cooked chicken breast and I weigh it cooked, then I'm going to type in my fitness pal chicken breast cooked. And I'm going to make sure that I find something that says cooked next to it. Because if it doesn't, then that means that it's measurement measured out in raw form. Because like I said, most things ideally we do want to measure out raw, but you don't have to be that precise. But just making sure that you are trying to be precise on if when it's measured, that's how you entered it in. If it's measured raw, then make sure it's it's a raw item in my fitness pal. If it's if you're measuring it cooked, then make sure that it says cooked next to that in my fitness pal. Um, another thing that is if when we're now that we're talking about meats is sometimes I will I'll buy, I'll buy ground beef and I don't always buy the lean option, but I always drain it. So you can search like 80 20 ground beef drained you know, because that's going to change the fat content, right? Because you drain the fat out of it as or as much as you could. So just being mindful of cooking things. Um, the only other thing I would say, if something is roasted, I would really try to measure it out raw first because roasting or air frying really takes a lot of the moisture out and can really change it. I've done this with I experiment with myself because I like sweet potatoes. I love roasted sweet potatoes in the air fryer. It's one of my favorite things. So I'll dice up a bunch of sweet potatoes and I have measured it raw when they're not cooked and then versus when they're cooked. And it's like totally different. It's almost cuts it in half because there's so much water content that's being pulled out in the roasting and or the air frying uh, process. So if you can try your best to measure things out raw as much as possible, um, and that's probably the most accurate. Now you could drive yourself a little crazy on this. Like I said, you don't have to be super, super accurate all the time. Just do your best. Um, you don't have to have everything weighed out to the gram in order to see really good results. I teach more of a flexible laid back macro counting approach because I work with women that just want to look good. They want to look toned. They want to have ab definition and, you know, muscle definition and tone, but they don't want to look like a bikini competitor. So we don't have to be that dialed in <laughs> for our macros for us to get the results that we want. 
Next tip I have is eating out. Let's talk about eating out because this can be hard. For one, we don't really can, we can't really control the food, right? Like we're not back there cooking it. Like, you know, um, unless you want to be one of those people and be like, um, don't use butter, don't use oil, you know, have all this like list of requirements. But most of us aren't like that. Um, so when you go out to eat, just realizing in general that it's not going to be 100% accurate. I mean, probably be that close to being 100% accurate, but just doing the best you can. So if you search where you're eating out, a lot of the times I'm going to give you another hint. If you are macro counting and you want to make eating out work, you want to look ahead of time. If you know where you're going to go, look ahead of time at the menu and pick out something that's going to work with your macros for the day is the best idea. Don't go without kind of a plan of what you're doing. Um, I do talk about this when I work with clients because it's like we need to learn also healthy boundaries when we go out to eat and not like making this like the basically treating it like the last supper ever. <laughs> and that comes a lot with when you are doing really restrictive diets, we tend to see eating out like that. Like I got to get as much as food as I can because I'm not going to get this for a while. Like I'm about to just restrict myself for another week. So it creates a really unhealthy um, relationship with food. But in general, when we're eating out, you try to find a uh, figure out what you're going to eat before you go. So you kind of have a game plan on how you're going to do that. For me, a lot of the times when I eat out, I am a more of a savory than a sweets person. So I hardly ever get dessert. So I'll splurge like on um, appetizers. So I might do something fried on appetizers or if we're going to a Mexican restaurant, I have to have my chips and salsa. And then um, for my meal, then I might get something that's a little bit more balanced. And then of course, I'm not going to do dessert. If I decided I wanted to get dessert, then I wouldn't get the appetizer. And that's just for me kind of having myself in a balanced way where I'm not going to over binge and overeat where I just feel uncomfortable. And then I feel out of control around food. And I don't like feeling like that, but I do allow myself to enjoy that meal as well. So going back to my fitness pal when eating out, if it is not a my fitness pal, then you're going to search for something that is similar. So like me, I live in a small town, West Texas, and I don't have mainstream restaurants here. So if I'm going to go eat out at a Mexican restaurant, it's not going to be in there. So I'm just going to have to search something that's similar. So just think about places. Oh, I'll have to call him back. It's my husband. Um, just think of similar places where you would go eat. I mean, even if it's like, okay, I'm going to put in like taco, like I'm getting tacos and I know like, okay, I can put in like taco cabana <laughs> tacos, like, but you know, beef tacos, crispy beef tacos, try to keep it pretty much what the same item is, right? But if you look in my fitness pal, they really have uh, a lot of food items as far as like chain restaurants. There's a lot of menus on there and they are certified. They have the check mark. Um, even like Chipotle, I thought this was really cool. Like if you like to go eat at Chipotle and my fitness pal, you know how it's like a bowl, like you can make a bowl, right? And there's all these different things. Like you can actually add in a la carte, like each item that's in your bowl into my fitness pal from this menu. It's really cool. So there's a lot of options when you're eating out as far as tracking your food. So don't be intimidated by that. You can still track your food if eating out, even if it's not in there. Just try to find something that is similar, like a similar type of you know, item. <laughs> and so now those are my top tips. Um, there's 
a lot more tips and stuff I could talk about my fitness pal when it comes to macro counting. I really wanted to stick to it in the sense of like using the um, app itself and not necessarily how to make the macros work, but more of like how to make sure that you're using the app effectively in order to keep an accurate food diary for macro counting. So I want to end this um, episode by talking about the big dilemma, should I get the paid version or do I need the free version? Can I use a free version? Do I need the paid version? And the short answer is you don't have to have the paid version. When I first started macro counting, I used the free version for years. Now I have the paid one, mostly also because I do nutrition consults and I use it and it gives me more data. And then also I just like the extra little perks that come with the paid version. But you can successfully track macros with the free version all day long. Don't even need it, right? Like I said, I did it for years and had results. But if you are interested in having the paid version, let me talk about what are the perks and reasons why you might want to consider the paid version. For one, there's this really annoying thing that the free version does that I can turn off in the paid version, which is auto-calculating your exercise. So for example, what I mean is, um, say you have a Fitbit watch or something that connects to MyFitnessPal where it will input your exercise or you're somebody that inputs your exercise into MyFitnessPal manually. Those calories on the free version or just in the version in general of the app are taken out of your calorie or it's added to your calories for the day. And it can throw people off. I've had this happen where people are like, man, I am eating so much food. Why am I eating so much food? And I'm looking at their app and I'm like, well, because (laughs) you just exercise 500 calories and it's adding 500 calories every day to your added calories for the day because it's like, oh, it's it. the app looks at calorie, I mean, exercise as like, here you go, here's some more free calories, right, for the day. But if you're doing macro counting, um, especially for somebody that works with me, I input that your activity levels in and I take that into account when I do your custom macros. So you when I give you your custom macros, those need to stay the same every day, regardless of whatever your exercise, because I already counted for that exercise. And that's how macro counting should be. So in the paid version, I can actually you can take that off where it doesn't automatically add exercise calories. So that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, because it really, uh, before it was like, I would just make sure I wouldn't add my exercise, but sometimes some people like to keep track of their exercise in there too. So it's kind of nice to have that option. The next, um, reason why you might want the paid version is you can set your macros down to the gram. So remember I talked about how, when you go to your macro goals, It's based on percentages. In the free version, that's the only way you can set macros. So when I do somebody's custom macros, I tell them if they they don't want to have the paid version, that they're just going to have to mess with the ratios to get the grams as close as they can to what I gave them. Um, But if you had the paid version, you can set the macros down to the gram. In the free version, you input the total amount of calories, and then you can only do uh, 5% ratios, uh, 5% at a time for the macros. So for example, if you put in 1600 calories, you could only, you know, control your, the, you can only set your macros by 5% on each one. So it would have to be like, 
like 20 or 25 or 30 or 35 percent like you know it goes by five percents um and it's kind of cool that if you're wanting to really get things down to the gram and really be accurate yeah you get the paid version and you can set your goals but like i said you don't necessarily need that like especially the way i teach macro counting it's a laid back approach to macro counting so we don't have to be precise on our macros every day um, there is like that flexibility that I teach people. The next thing is you might want to see your macro breakdown per meal, which is kind of cool um, in the sense that like you could take your macros for the day. Like if you have your custom macros, you can divide those macros by the number of times you eat a day. And then that tells you the macros you're trying to hit per meal. And if you have the paid version, you can see the macro breakdown per meal. You can't see that in the free version. So it'll show you when you enter in that meal, like say you have it set for breakfast and you enter it in all those food items, it will tell you how many proteins you had, how many carbs, how many fats for that meal, which is kind of nice. The next thing is you can set macro goals based on days if you do carb cycling. Um, that's not that's more an advanced technique. So if you're getting started with my fitness pal or you're getting started with macros, you don't necessarily need to be able to set macros based on different days. You're going to want to just focus on trying to keep at the same macros every day. But if you're doing carb cycling, there you go. You have that option of setting it per day. Um, next reason is macro, there's a macro counting dashboard versus a calorie focus. So when you go for your day and you look at the top of what you have, um, if you have the free version, it will only show your calories for today. It will show you how many you have, how many calories you have for the day, how many you have eaten, and then how many you have left. When you have the paid version, you can switch it to be fo macro focused. So at the top, it will show you, it's kind of cool. It'll show you like how many more pro protein you have for the day, how many fats, how many more carbs you have for today and it kind of shows you in this little like ratio uh, this little circle thing so it's that's kind of cool I, I do enjoy that and then the other reason why you might want to get the paid version is there's a quick add feature if you want to quickly add food this is really good for if you're tracking um, alcohol um, because the way that alcohol is in my fitness pal is not how you're supposed to track it for macros uh, you're supposed to allocate those calories to pro uh, to not to protein never do that <laughs> allocate those calories to either carbs or fats and so that's how you track and when you go and you add in um, say you scan, so I don't know if you can scan, uh, <laughs> alcohol, but if you could, or you just search it and you find your alcoholic beverage in there, more than likely it is not how you need, need it to be in order to add it to your macros. So, um, a quick add is really nice. It's a feature where you can, whenever you're adding food, you just click on quick add. And then all you have, all you have to do is type in the calories, the, in the macros, the proteins, fats, and carbs, and that's it. And you can quickly add it. So once you figure out your ca like your alcohol calories, you can quickly add it, right? Instead of like sitting there and doing the other one where you have to like put on all the nutritional information. So it's just really, really nice and a quick feature to quickly add something in. Or if you have a food item that you don't feel like it's not in the data database, but you don't want to go through the hassle of, of creating and everything, you just do a quick add. Okay, so that feature is nice. So as you can see, it is nice to have the paid version. There are some perks, but don't let that prevent you from getting started with macro counting. Be like, oh, I have to pay for this thing. You don't have to. You can definitely use the paid version. I mean, the free version all day long. Like I said, I did it for years. I just recently in the past couple of years started 
the paid version, like I said, mostly just because it helps me with seeing things also for nutrition consults when I look at other people's diaries too. So anyways, that is all I have for my top tips for using my fitness pal and the whole dilemma of free versus paid version. I hope you'd enjoy the episode. If you have been enjoying the episode, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you have been sticking around, you like what you hear, please leave me a five-star review if you have it and let me know what you do like about the podcast so I can make sure I keep doing that for you because this isn't for me. This is for you guys. So everything that I always share is always inspired by somebody of what I've seen somebody needs. If it keeps popping up, I keep getting asked the same questions. I keep seeing these same things um, come up with my clients or my nutrition consults. And I'm like, okay, this might be something that I need to share with you guys. So I'm always looking for new ideas of things that I can talk to you guys about that's going to be relevant for you on this journey and actually going to be beneficial for you as well. So like I said, if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would love to see your five-star review on there. Um, But for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now, guys. Hey, wait, before you go, I have something awesome that I wanted to share with you. I just put together a Macro County mini course. And so if you are a mom who's ready to kickstart your Macro County lifestyle, but you're confused on where to start, then I made this just for you. I'm going to show you how to do your own custom macros using the same approach I use my clients, plus step-by-step videos on how to track your food using MyFitnessPal, how to accurately measure out your food, how to track alcohol, how to make fun foods like eating out or eating cookies with your kids, work with your macro. And it also includes an introduction to my macros for mom method, which is a laid by laid back step by step approach to macro counting that takes out all the overwhelm. And it shows you how to make macro counting fit into your mom life. All of this plus an amazing bonus, which is access to 30 plus of my own personal macro friendly dinner recipes that are all in my fitness pal database. So what it does, this does is actually makes it really easy to keep a food diary. And it also gets you to stop cooking yourself separate dinners and to start seeing results while eating with your family. All of this greatness for just a one-time payment of $47. And you can get all the details at www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash kickstart. The link is also in the show notes. I'm really excited to offer this to you guys. So here's to helping you kickstart your macro cutting lifestyle in a way that works with your mom life and not another restrictive diet that you have to work your mom life around.